Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CME curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Greetings, I'm Dr. Javed Butler, president of the Baylor Scott & White Research Institute in Dallas, Texas, and distinguished professor of medicine at University of Mississippi in Jackson, Mississippi. I'm delighted to give this short presentation on addressing the gaps in care for patients with heart failure and reduced ejection fraction. Now what? So we have seen that the guidelines continue to evolve as more and more evidence continues to accumulate. At this point, the guidelines give a class one recommendation for heart failure with reduced ejection fraction for quadruple therapy based on substantial evidence of mortality and morbidity benefit with RAS inhibitors, preferably angiotensin receptor neprilysin inhibitor over an ACE inhibitor or an ARP a evidence-based beta blocker, MRA, and an SGLT2 inhibitor and diuretic as needed. If patients fail on those medications or have certain uh, specific uh, other indications, uh, there are a whole series of other medications for, like, for instance, very sequat for worsening heart failure and uh, hydrolysine nitrates in African-American patients and evabradine in those patients who have a persistent high heart rate. So there are multiple therapy options that are available for these patients. More so, the guidelines have continued to evolve, and even patients with heart failure and mildly reduced ejection fraction, patients also have the same quadruple therapy indicated, though it's a class 2 indication because it is based on secondary analyses of the data. So what is at stake when we talk about these foundational therapies? So we are not talking about a few weeks or a few months of extra survival. If you look at the cumulative benefit of quadruple therapy with ARNI, beta blocker, aldosterone antagonist, and an SGLT2 inhibitor, we are talking about a whopping 75%, approximately 75% relative risk reduction and approximately a 25% absolute risk reduction for a number needed to treat of only four to reduce one mortality event. And, and we're not even talking about hospitalization, one mortality event with two years worth of treatment. So how are we doing it? If we have such potent therapy that can substantially change the natural history of the disease, how are they being implemented? So there are multiple data from Europe, from US, from Asia, multiple registries that say that the translation uh, into clinical care is not very effective. Let me quickly go over the data from the CHAMP registry. And the reason why I specifically like to give the results of the CHAMP registry, uh, this was before SGLT2 inhibitors were indicated, so we are not looking at quadruple therapy, but we are looking at triple therapy, is because we had longitudinal data and we asked clinicians at these sites. So one, this was a broad representation, academic sites, private practice sites, cardiology sites, uh, primary care sites. And this data cut was over 3,500 patients. But we specifically asked that, you know, there's a lot of times things are not uh, easily understood in the electronic health record because of documentation issues. So you just tell us that if somebody is not on any therapy, give any reason, no matter whether or not it's an absolute good reason or not, but even subjective intolerance is any reason for which the therapy is not given, we will take that away from the denominator so that we can have a true denominator of uh, how effectively we are treating these patients. And it turns out that unfortunately, the, the results were not spectacular. 
triple therapy with racinavitur beta blocker and MRA was seen in less than 25% of the patients. 25% of the eligible patients were on triple therapy. And remember that uh, triple therapy with ACE inhibitor, beta blocker, and MRA are all generic therapy, so you don't have the high cost of care issues as well. And then on top of that, if you actually focus not only on the triple therapy, but also on the appropriate target doses of the therapy that was seen in single digits, less than 10% of the patients. So huge opportunities for improvement in care. To partially support that, the guidelines have substantially changed the way they recommend uh, medical therapies. So in the past, there was a very strict sequencing recommendation that do this first, do that uh, later. But we also realize that uh, it, it doesn't make sense to have a very strict sequencing recommendation because one, sequencing is a historical construct, not a biologic construct. It's history of medicine uh, that you had ACE inhibitors tested in the 80s and beta blocker 90s and then RNEs and then SGLT2 inhibitor two years ago. But there's no biologic reason that you have to prime the heart with one medication before you give another medication. Also, how can you have a standardized sequencing algorithm uh, for every single patient you see? Because not all the patients are same. Some patients have high blood pressure, low blood pressure, congestion, potassium issues, creatinine issues, atrial fibrillation, heart rate. So there's a lot of things that the clinician keep into consideration when making the decisions. So the emphasis now in order to improve these gaps that exist in care is to de-emphasize on the historical sequencing and to match the drugs that are given, uh, match the patient to the drugs that you have to give, and you can start with anything. But the emphasis is on time, that try to get all of these drugs on board as soon as possible. We have also realized that some of these medications may actually help other medication be better tolerated. So for instance, if somebody is congested, they may not tolerate beta blockers, but both ARNI and an SGLT2 inhibitor have diuretic properties that may make beta blockers better tolerated. Those patients with borderline high hyperkalemia potassium levels uh, may not tolerate MRA, but SGLT2 inhibitors uh, lower the, the risk of uh, hyperkalemia and may uh, increase tolerability to MRAs. And then finally, the focus is to give all four foundational therapies sooner uh, before you worry about uptitrating the doses. But it's very important still to uptitrate the dose of RAS inhibitors and beta blockers, but first give the therapies. So there are multiple schemas suggested by different groups. Uh, Dr. Packer and Dr. Uh, McMurray had a uh, algorithm. I had the pleasure of writing one with Dr. Green and Dr. Fonero. But the, the, the gist is basically the same, and that is that uh, use your best judgment matching patient characteristics to get uh, patients on all uh, appropriate therapies. There are multiple uh, strategies that have been potentially utilized, uh, uh, including uh, nurse practitioner clinic, pharmacist uh, clinic, uh, reminder system, electronic health record, reminder system, dedicated GDMT clinic, telehealth visit, phone visit, uh, navigators, uh, focus on in-hospital discharge, transition planning, uh, participation in quality improvement registry. So there's a lot of different ways by which we can improve that. And in doing so, we certainly giving rapid uh, foundational therapy uh, improves the chances of uh, uh, left ventricular reverse remodeling, improvement in ejection fraction, reduction in uh, heart failure hospitalization, certain cardiac death, overall mortality, uh, as well as improvement in quality of life in very short time frame. And what is at stake? So if you 
think about it, there are, there are these beautiful data published in Lancet that if you're on dual medical therapy with ACE inhibitors and beta blockers, not placebo, but dual therapy, and if you convert that into quadruple therapy with ARNI, beta blocker, mRNA, and SGLT2 inhibitor, we are estimating about extra six years, six years of extra survival. So there's a lot of benefit, and hopefully all of these gaps that we have identified, we can bridge with some of these clinical implementation strategies. Thank you so much. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME Incorporated, and is part of our Minute CME curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, Go to reachmd.com slash CME. Thank you for listening.